Well, a couple of weeks ago on New Year's Day, January 1st, it was, a, it was on a Friday, while a lot of you, my friends, were recovering at home from your, from your, uh, from your New Year's Eve celebrations, maybe uh, sleeping it off a little bit, maybe a little bit of the hair of the dog that bit you, maybe getting ready in America to watch the, uh, the college bowl games, the football games on TV. Well, 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 while you all were doing all that stuff, there was a, an Israeli Arab citizen. Yeah, we're not talking Palestinian. He was a 31-year-old Israeli Arab from the, from the northern Israel village of Arara, Nashat Milhelm. And he was on his way into Tel Aviv with an automatic weapon, and uh, he was going to celebrate his New Year's Day by murdering as many Israeli Jews as he could. He, he did succeed somewhat. Uh, I'm going to tell you about that. And, uh, but the good news is, last Friday, a week later, we got the guy. Yeah, we got him. He's in jail now. And it's, a, it's a very, very interesting story that I'm going to share with you today. Yeah, we got him last Friday. Nashat Milhelm, 31 years old. We, uh, he was the, the guy that we pretty quickly identified as, as the gunman, the murderer, the terrorist in, in the Tel Aviv attack. We got him. We killed him. He, he was, interestingly enough, he was in his home village. He, he went back home, and he was obviously... It, it's, it's a nasty place, Arara. They, I mean, they're all, they're all citizens of Israel. They've got representatives in the Israeli parliament. They've got, it, it, they've got fellow Arab-Israeli citizens that are, that are treating me and my family and my friends as physicians, as surgeons in the Israeli hospitals. They're, they're, they're teaching my children in the, in the universities. They're, they're maintaining our automobiles. A certain number of them are serving in the IDF, in the Israeli army, they they got one one of the one of the Israeli Arab young ladies was Miss Israel. I guess it was a couple years ago now. The winner of the Israeli Master Chef show was also an Israeli Arab. But this Israeli Arab decided that he was going to murder his fellow citizens as long as. As long as they were they were Jewish, it turned out. By the way, that, I don't know if it was a mistake or whatever, but one of the one of the three people. Oh, spoiler alert! He killed three people on that New Year's Day. One of the three people that he killed happened to be uh, a fellow Arab. But uh, you know, we, we we won't get hung up on the details there. So so this guy, and, and, and now they're trying to look. They're they're thinking that he may have somehow been affiliated with the Islamic State. That hasn't been that hasn't been determined for sure yet. And of course, the fact that that the guy was oh, oh I said he was in jail. No, he's not in jail. He's dead. <laughs> he's dead. Excuse, excuse me there. That, that was a little red herring I threw you there. No, they they killed him. He uh, uh, as I will tell you later on when uh, when the security forces the the special the special police unit that that went in after 
Nashat Milham when they went at and went after him, he came out firing. They they had a they had a police dog that was that was like gonna gonna hold him at bay, but the guy came out firing and they just they, they blew him to pieces. They killed the guy and so so they weren't able to interrogate him and find out for sure what what organization he was or wasn't affiliated with, who his accomplices were, although we've been since arresting a good number of, uh, of, 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 of accomplices. And, and of course, in this village, this, this Israeli Arab village, is the, 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 it's a stronghold for, for the Islamic party, the Islamic, the, 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 the kind of the, the it, we're trying to make it illegal here. They're, they're, they're radical jihadist Islamic party. They're very, very strong there in that village. So he had no problem going back there. He didn't have to flee. At first, we thought he might have gone to Syria. He might have left the country. And there was a good chance that that he went into the Palestinian Authority-controlled areas. But but he went back to his own home village where the the Islamic Front, that's the organization, that uh, the, the radical Islamic, uh, you know, the, the religion of peace, but we, we won't go there today. We don't have to. The Islamic Front, very strong in in Milhelm's <clears throat> village, Israeli village, you know, p- paying taxes to Israel, those who pay, getting all of the services of the Israeli government represented in, in Congress, in Parliament here, but, uh, but a stronghold of the Islamic Front were willing to take in this murderer and, and protect him. They kept him. They kept him covered for a week. There, he apparently within two hours, he was back. He was back in his in his in the village. We weren't able to grab him or kill him while he committed the the murders on New Year's Day. But he made it back to his village, and uh, and he was he was sheltered there and fed and hid for a full week until we went in there and got the guy. So, so what happened on, on New Year's Day? He get he he uh, Milhelm made it in to the center of Tel Aviv from northern Israel with his automatic weapon, and he opened fire at, at Israelis that were sitting at the Hasimta Bar on Dizengoff Street in North Tel Aviv. And uh, it's it's a I don't know those of you who have been here know Friday afternoon in Tel Aviv. It, it's a happening place. I mean, everybody's everybody's out. They're they're out and around. They're shopping. They're walking, and the the, uh, the sidewalk cafes. It's like a mini Paris there. People are sitting there. They're drinking their coffee, having their having their pastries. The streets are are packed with people. Most people in in Israel don't work on Friday or the Sabbath Saturday. So so they're out there. That the Sabbath preparations have been completed, and and so they're they're free to. Enjoy what usually is the beautiful weather in Tel Aviv in, in January, and, and and it was, and they're out there, and so, so this 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 Israeli Arab terrorist, can he open fire at, at the Israelis sitting at the, at this bar, and, and he he murdered Alon Bakal and Shimon Ruimi, and, and wounded six others during his. His getaway. He, he 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 opened fire, immediately killed the two the two Israeli Jews, wounded a bunch of other people, and then and then he took off, and he, uh, he on his way to his escape he shot a cab driver, Amin Shabat, 
Also, mistake, oops, he accidentally killed one of his own. He killed an Israeli Arab near, near Tel Aviv's Mandarin Hotel. And the, the actual shooting was at Diesengoff 122, which is right near, I don't know if you, those of you who have been here, the, the Diesengoff Center, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a happening kind of a high-end shopping mall. And, and as I said, packed with people, the pub, the Hasimta Bar, also loaded, packed with people, and, and as he was fleeing, he he opened fire at at other other at, at, at cafes and people walking along the streets and, and, and the witnesses there said that, that at least ten gunshots were heard at the scene. And it turns out he had an assault rifle. The uh, you know and, and, and you know right here aside we don't we don't have the the outcry for gun laws gun control laws we know the fact of the matter is if there had been people armed people there they would have shot the guy and he probably would have killed and wounded less people we know that here and we know that he got his weapon from from the from criminals through the underground or it was stolen from the army we know he didn't go through the legal process and had he been adequately vetted and checked out and background checked and the and the gun show loophole he wouldn't have got no we know that that's baloney he wanted the gun he got the gun the assault rifle and an interesting story that there was actually a guy there who did have a gun and and the friends were saying shoot him shoot him kill him come on the guy had a gun and he was like, oh, I don't know, I, I might, innocent people, I don't know, is it real, I shouldn't. And by the time he like, like made up his mind, and he made up his mind to not shoot, the Milham had already killed and wounded the people, was on the way out of there, and probably killing the taxi driver on his escape. So, so, so not only do we need to have the people armed, they need to be ready to use the weapons, to know how to use them, obviously. In Israel, when you get a gun license... Every two years, you have to go to a shooting range. You have to go through about a about a one-hour refresher course on safety and on the laws about opening fire and, and, and all that stuff. You do that every two years, and then you have to shoot. You have to show your proficiency with the weapon that you own. And, of course, not everybody can own one. Only certain, but but the, the point is, it's not close to impossible to get a weapon in Israel, and, and and the fact of the matter is, day in and day out, the private citizens who are carrying legally weapons, firearms, and they're they're either concealed or not concealed, it doesn't matter, are killing terrorists either before they can do any major harm, or 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 after they've they've done something and stopping them from doing more. So that's we're not there's no outcry here because the guy came in with with an assault rifle because we know the terrorist is going to get the 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 weapon, the assault rifle if he wants it anyway and we want our citizens, <clears throat> the good guys, to be at least as equally armed as the bad guys here. So so the so so that's what happened here and one of the witnesses who works at the pub there where 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 where, where Nashat opened fire he said that 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 Nashat Willem came in and and first he sat on a nearby bench and he waited he just kind of sat there he waited calmly and and waited until the bar had filled up with people and then and then he opened fire what seemed to be pretty randomly and uh Chaval, as we say, chaval, too bad that someone, an, an, in, a, 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 an innocent, law-abiding citizen in the bar was not armed and ready to use the weapon. I 
Marty Roberts here, <clears throat> the Marty Roberts Show, hosted on the MartyRobertsBlog.com website. We're, we're recording here live in Israel, which is the place that I choose to call my home, and an Israeli by choice here. And we urge you to visit the website. We do we do the show about once a week, sometimes a little more, sometimes we miss a week here and there. And, and as I said, the, the show is hosted on the website. It's at MartyRobertsBlog.com. Please go there, and, and if you like the show, Number one, share. Tell your friends about it. We've got all kinds of social media buttons there. You click on a button, you share on the social media of your, of your choice. We, we put announcements on Facebook, on Twitter. So follow me on Twitter. Look at the, at the, at the Facebook page. There's buttons and, and links there on the website. And share, share, share. Announce the show. Tell your friends. Let's try and get this going. Send me your comments. If you go to the website, it's easy to make a comment. There's, there's some links there. There's, there's usually on the, uh, the show notes, there's a, there's a page, an entry for each show with some pictures and some additional material. I will occasionally write an article, which are archived there. There's all the past shows of the, of the past, oh, wow, it's coming up on about 12 or 13 years now <clears throat> worth of shows there. And uh, there's also prominently displayed buttons that will allow you to support the show financially. The buttons say donate, which you can do. We urge you to do so. There's some links to some advertisers. So go there. Visit the website, martyrobertsblog.com. Join in, participate, and tell lots and lots of friends. It'll make you feel good. It really will. So the, uh, the final steps in the chase after the, the Tel Aviv shooter, with there were massive police forces that had spent the, the entire week, they, they were going from door to door in Ramat Aviv, the, the northern Tel Aviv neighborhood in the area of the shooting, searching for Nashat Mellon. They, they had identified him pretty quickly after, after, the, after the attack. They, they actually, they found his telephone which also helped him there, his cell phone. And, and so, so they, they were thinking at the time that, that he had fled to areas under the Palestinian Authority control who would be happy to, to shelter the, the terrorists. But, but at 4.20 p.m. last Friday, the, the, the speculation was over. The, the Israeli special police forces, the Yamam, and the Shin Bet operatives—that's the—that uh, would be like the, uh, you know, the, the the Israeli, the the national, the the the, the, the I guess like the, the 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 secret service, the secret police. They uh, they found him in the Al Daharat neighborhood of Arara, his hometown, in the north, not far from where he grew up, and uh, they, they shot him. They shot him between houses of his relatives. They were the. Uh, We've been searching all week long in the area that he was hiding, and, and family members were filmed, interviewed, and, and they talked about him. And uh, when, when the security forces, these special security units, arrived there on Friday to, to grab him, he, he took off. He fled along a trail in the neighborhood, and, and he came out next to the house of Abdallah Yunus, a resident of the town, and, and they had they had the, the specially trained dogs that were that were sniffing him out and following him, and, and they got him. And it was it, it, the the way we ultimately got the guy was actually by a, by a mistake, like a major blunder by one of the helpers, one of one of the uh, one of the guys that assisted 
Mel. I mean, what he did was uh, the guy made a phone call on the cell phone that, that the murderer had stolen from the taxi driver that he killed. He grabbed the cell phone, and then this guy who was helping Mel him out decided, hey, and he made a call on it. And so, so we tracked him down ultimately by that. But but all through the week we were we were using all kinds of a uh, of uh, what what do they call it uh, I can't you know on Homeland you hear but the human intelligence methods that were they were just totally scouring the area where, where the guy came from the the that that Israeli the Arab Israeli town of Arara and and they they drew up a map of the entire Melham clan you see the arab israelis the bedouins they 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 have they have clans that are you know like like an old time scotland i guess and uh, you know these these clans based on family ties are very very close there was like thousands of members of the melam family clan and and they mapped it out and uh, then then with the with the help of a dna sample that our you know our CSI guys got at the scene of the Dizengoff shooting. They, they they were able to to map this out. They they, they tracked down all, all members of the clan and and they they one by one were clearing the members of his family of the clan from a process of elimination and 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 zeroing in slowly zeroing in zeroing in zeroing in on the actual people that were that were helping him out. And 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 that were that were actually hiding him and sheltering, and ultimately getting the shooter himself. So so our intelligence guys from the from the Shin Bet they they signposted several buildings in Arara as possible hideouts, and and after analyzing testimony that was provided by by one of the shooter's acquaintances who was arrested and interrogated in the last few days on suspicion that he had aided the suspect, they they were picking out these these likely buildings where he might be found. Then on Thursday, one day prior to the the capture, the, the killing of Mellum, Several additional suspects were arrested in the area, and then uh, then we employed all kinds of like secret surveillance technology to try and locate Mellon himself. So so then on Friday morning, last Friday, an intelligence analysis was received that focused the search onto a specific target. And, and so before raiding the building, which which seems to have been empty before Mellon went to hide there. Uh, a huge numbers of, of Israeli army and, and police forces. They went and they closed off the neighborhood, and uh, and our security people went from house to house. And and, and as they they went to a house, you know, clear. They marked the house that that was clear. And, and, but apparently, Mellon was was tipped off that that these security forces were on their way, and he started to run. He took off. All of a sudden, he took off down down this alley, and, and he started shooting. And so, so our police returned fire, and uh, they blew the guy to pieces. I mean, they, they killed him right away. We didn't sense that he was hiding in the neighborhood throughout the search, one of Mellum's relatives said. The whole time we thought that he had gone to the Palestinian Authority. Eh, doesn't, doesn't seem like it. Doesn't seem like it. He, uh, while he was trying to escape, he was using that same Spectre M4 Falcon submachine gun that he had used in, in the attack in Tel Aviv. And, and but by the way, the way he got the gun, he had stolen it from his father. And so, uh, you know, gun laws, nah, not, not necessary. Let's arm the good guys. The, so so they, 
none of the, none of our people were were wounded when they when they took down this murderer. But but now, Melum is dead. But we still got the questions of of of, of who and when and how he got help. Was he acting? on behalf of the Islamic State. And, and so, so we've arrested so far at least five people as his accomplices that, that guarded him in his, in his hideout. They brought him food and, and, and they took care of him. But, but the police commissioner, Ronnie Alsheikh, said that our task is not yet complete. The Israel police and the Shin Bet will continue working decisively and methodically in order to reveal everyone who was involved and bring them to justice. Yeah. The good guys won this time. So it's interesting the, that while the guy was still on the loose, the, the, there was an Eastern Jerusalem, another Arab Israeli. I'm not saying they're all bad, and the majority of them are law-abiding. They support the country. They appreciate what they've got. And there was one that actually offered a, a money award for, for uh, information on on uh, on Melamon to help capture him while we're still looking for him, and uh, the uh, the the so this guy in the old city of Jerusalem offered forty thousand shekels, about ten thousand dollars for for anyone who could provide information that would help in locating the terrorists. He, he said. He said, we need to forget this nonsense about Arabs and Jews. We want to live in peace. Mazan Kak is the guy's name. Sorry. The, uh, and so he, he offered the, this cash award on, on the Tuesday before, before, he was, before we actually got the guy. He said, this is someone who acted against Israeli citizens, and I won't allow someone like him to destroy trust and security. Cox said. He, he lives in East Jerusalem and he emphasized that he sees himself as an Arab Israeli and not as a Palestinian. So ple- pleasantly, pleasant to hear, nice to hear, uh, uh, unfortunately all too uncommon, even though probably the vast majority of the Israeli Arab citizens don't support the terrorism. They're not particularly vocal in condemning it. Either so, <clears throat> so this cock he, he represents many of the business owners <clears throat> in the old city, and, and 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 he reported that there's a, a decrease in business as a result of the of the current wave of, of terror attacks, of the stabbings and the shootings that are taking on, uh, taking place now. A lot of them in Jerusalem. He he said uh, the attacks have had a big impact on business. Revenue is down 70%, and we estimate a loss of 15 million shekels among the merchants. We want the situation to go back to what it was. We're cousins. We need to forget this nonsense about Arabs and Jews. We're all human beings. No matter what your religion is, we are one people. We give you a hand, and you help us, and we help you. I invite everyone to come and visit Jerusalem. We want to live in peace Hand in hand, and uh, aside by Marty Roberts, Money Talks. So, before we get deeper into the bad stuff, let's continue this... uh, this breeze, this wave of fresh air, in that I actually saw an article this week, and it caught my attention because it's so unusual. The uh, that uh, 
the, uh, uh, some Palestinian journalists and intellectuals actually spoke out against children participating in terrorist attacks and against targeting civilians. Like, what? <laughs> huh? You know, all you got to do is go to MartyRobertsBlog.com. You can see all the pictures of the little junior terrorists, you know, the, the Palestinian summer camps, you know, with the kids, with the, the headbands and the, uh, you know, the automatic rifles and the, and the grenade launchers. I mean, that's the norm there. But actually, the uh, there was <laughs> there was actually some some speaking out against this phenomena as well as against the the targeting of innocent civilians how about that i mean the, the question is even these guys when they came out against targeting innocent civilians that like the undercurrent is not so much because it's morally wrong it's because it's not so useful but okay we'll take it any way we can and the the, the, the palestinian public and the leadership are, are, are super widely supporting all of the violent events, the stabbings, the shootings, and, and they're calling it a popular uprising, and, and Hamas calls it an intifada. And, and you know, the, 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 the government, the, the Palestinian government, the Palestinian Authority, the, the ruling political party, Fatah, they don't condemn any stabbing attack, they don't condemn any shooting attack, and, and, and the officials, the media outlets, justify every act of terrorism, the wave of terrorism. They lionize the participants. They commemorate attackers who are, who are quote, martyred. They praise the perpetrators who survived the attack. And, and, and they accuse Israel, when, when we kill one of the murderers, of executing them, especially children, and claim that, that, that Israel, our ultimate goal is still to change the status quo on the Al- Al-Aqsa Mosque, on the on the Temple Mount, but so so in spite of this, we actually saw several Palestinian intellectuals and, and journalists, including Hafez Al Barghouti, who was the former editor of the Palestinian Authority daily Al Hayat Al Jadida, and a Fatah Revolutionary Council member, came out and they criticized the attacks, especially those carried out by children. They 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 expressed outrage at the participation of teenagers including very young ones, in the stabbing attacks against Israelis, claiming that, that it was not the place of children and that their childhood and lives must be protected. They accused the leadership of, of Palestinian organizations of trading in the blood of children and sending them to die by encouraging them to carry out such attacks and praising and glorifying those who do. And s- some intellectuals actually called to instill in the public and the youth values of life, study, and work, rather than the values of, of seeking death. And, and there was even some writers that urged Palestinians to avoid harming Israeli civ- civilians for both moral and practical reasons. Uh, on the moral level, they claim that, that Palestinians must preserve their humanity. And on the practical level, they argued that harming civilians, especially at the present time, harms the Palestinian struggle and causes it to be associated with the global terrorism led by the Islamic State. And some even called (coughs) to cease stabbing attacks due to their lack of effectiveness and their heavy cost in Palestinian lives and called to find alternative modes of struggle. And and yet (coughs) we can only hope the alternative methods that they're talking about might lean more in the direction of, of, of Martin Luther King and, uh, 
less in the direction of suicide bombers. But okay, yeah, you know, I saw the articles that there were a few, and <clears throat> they received some, you know, media, some press attention. But th- this is what we see. Th- this is what we see day in and day out. We we see the glorification of the murderers, of the terrorists, the encouragement, the incitement to do more and more and more and more. And you know, I had a page or so over there of the of the of the of the of the, of the, uh, the good, the moral, maybe smart. Palestinians there, the intellectuals and the journalists, but but I've got like a a book here of the others. This is this is the mainstream. We got we got the Palestinian Authority, the Ministry of Health. We're, you know, we're talking a government institution here that called the murderer. That we're talking now about uh, Nashat Milhelm, the, the the Tel Aviv killer, the Israeli Arab that we <clears throat> we opened the show with. They called him one of the dearest martyrs, Shahid is the, is the uh, Arabic word, whose name is engraved with his pure blood. The ministry explained that it was unable to include the terrorist Melhem on its list of the official list of martyrs because he didn't come from the areas under the the ministry's jurisdiction. And, and of course, there was a there was a, a storm of criticism of that of that decision. What? He's not a martyr. What? What? Just because? And and so the ministry immediately issued a press release emphasizing, no, no, Melhem's status was a martyr, a shaheed, even though he was not on the list. He said the, the omission of Nashat Melam from its list does not mean the title of martyr has been taken away from him. On the contrary, he is one of the dearest martyrs, and his name is engraved with his pure blood, which watered the ground of our free land. The omission of Melam from the list under no circumstances means that Nashat is not a martyr. On the contrary, he is like every Palestinian martyr from everywhere in the land. And that's a so that's the announcement that uh that was uh that that appeared on the in on the uh the independent palestinian news agency and and by the way a shahid a martyr is someone who died for allah and so so when the palestinian authority the ruling you know the moderate ruling israel's peace partner so when they called melham a shahid this is implicit incitement to murder you know the, the the Palestinian Authority is saying that Allah Himself, you know, God supported the murder of two of three Israeli civilians. So, so no one can be a shaheed, a martyr, if the action for which he died was something that God, that Allah, rejected. So, so this this is incitement, plain and simple. The Palestinian Authority, the moderate. Peace partners for for Israel, the the the, uh, the the good guys, according to Obama, Kerry, Merkel, European Union, and company. That th- this is them, and they are openly inciting their citizens to kill Jews. So the official Palestinian Authority daily newspaper also referred to Melham's terror attack as something positive. They called it the Tel Aviv Operation and portrayed him as a victim of Israel, claiming he was assassinated and executed. They said an Israeli commando force assassinated young Nashat Melham who carried out 
the Tel Aviv operation during an exchange of gunfire. And, you know, it's, it, this just goes on and on every time. Every time there's an attack, murderous or otherwise. Here's, here's four recent examples of, of, of people that were, that, were, that were officially proclaimed martyrs in the official Palestinian Authority daily news, newspaper. Martyr Ahmed Jamal Taha, who they said hundreds of citizens accompanied to burial in a mass procession. And martyrs Allah Abu Jamal and Baha Alyan, whose homes the Israeli occupation forces sealed with reinforced concrete. So, who were they? Ahmed Jamal Taha, 16 year old terrorist who stabbed Israeli soldiers Ziv Mizrahi to death. And, indi- and injured another soldier on November 23rd at a gas station on Route 443 between Jerusalem and, and Modi'in. And, and he was shot and killed by other Israeli soldiers before he could kill anyone else. Baha Alyan, a 22-year-old terrorist, on, on October 13th, together with another terrorist, got on an Israeli bus number 78 in Jerusalem's Armona Natsiv neighborhood with a gun and a knife attacked passengers and, and killed Israelis Chaviv Chaim, Alone Goldberg, and Richard Lakin. By the way, one of them 78 years old, one of them 76 years old, and wounding four other Israelis. And, and, and Alyan was shot and killed by an Israeli security guard at the scene and, and subsequently named a shaheed, a martyr, doing the work of the, of the Islamic God of peace, Allah. Allah Abu Jamal was a terrorist who, who deliberately drove his car into people standing at a bus stop on Malka Yisrael Street in Jerusalem on, on October 13th, hitting three people. He, he hit Yishayahu Krushevsky, 60 years old. He, he, he was killed, and the other two were injured. Abu Jamal then got out of his car and started stabbing people wounding others. You've probably seen the video of this on the clip on, on YouTube, on Facebook. And, and so the terrorist was killed by a security guard, and, and he was a relative of the terrorist who murdered five worshippers, people that were davening, praying, and, and a policeman in the Har Nof Synagogue in Jerusalem last year in November. Martyr, doing the work of Allah, according to the official Palestinian media. The official Palestinian Authority TV News used a report on the destruction of the home of martyr terrorist Muhammad Halabi to glorify him as well. He, Halabi, successfully stabbed and murdered two Israeli civilians in Jerusalem's old city in the beginning of October. And he is seen, this act was, is seen by the Palestinians as the spark that ignited the current stabbing terror campaign that, that we're still in the midst of. The, uh, the Palestinian Authority TV honored him as the engineer of the mass uprising while describing the destruction of his home as a, a silent stone from Halabi's home is not more precious than the martyr's soul. They, they demolished the home, expelled the family, and killed the engineer of the mass uprising only out of anger and and revenge. <laughs> and then, then the, uh, uh, you, you know, you know, uh, 
Mahmoud Abbas, Abu Mazen, you know, the, 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 the moderate, the peace partner, the, the current, the head of the, of the Palestinian Authority. Well, his political party, the Fatah movement, they posted uh, an uncensored version of the picture. Uh, you, you can see the censored version on the website, martyrrobertsblog.com, the, the picture of, 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 of the Tel Aviv killer dead. And, and his head is kind of blurred out. But they published the actual picture, you know, because that's more, that gets people more ticked off. They, 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 showed, they put this picture of him lying in a pool of, of blood on, the, on their Facebook page and praised the, him, the killer of three, as, as, as a martyr and congratulated him. And, and they said, Nashat Melhem died as a, as a shaheed after an armed confrontation in the courtyard of a mosque in Umm al-Fakham. On Blessed Friday, <laughs> lies. I mean, really. And and congratulations, and may Allah receive you in heaven. You know, come on, yeah. You know, the and, and so you know, the, the official spokesman of the Palestinian Authority security forces. You know, the Palestinian militia, armed by mostly the United States and Europe. You, my American friends, your tax dollars at work arming these guys, the, the Palestinian Authority security forces, the, the official spokesman, Adnan al-Damiri, referred to Melam, the murderer, as a martyr. And he was outraged. <laughs> Get this. He was, why, is, why is America and Europe arming the Palestinian security forces so that they can work with Israel and control terror and crime in the so-called occupied territories? That's supposedly the reason. So the official spokesperson of the security force said that he was outraged at the rumor that Palestinian Authority security forces had helped Israel catch the murder. You know, God forbid, right? After Nashat Melam's death as a martyr, as a shaheed, do the hostile and filthy-minded continue to spread the lie together with the occupation and its mobilized false media? That martyr Nashat was in the West Bank and the Palestinian security assisted in searching for him? Do Hamas, its halfwits, and its dupe followers still rely on the Hebrew media, leaks from the Hebrew press, and enemy sources in order to satisfy their lust for hatred of Fatah and the Palestinian Authority? You should be ashamed of your lie, even just a little. A Muslim does not lie, <laughs> and a fighter does not lie. This was on his Facebook page, the, 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 the Facebook page of the official spokesman of the Palestinian Authority security forces, Adnan al-Damiri. So, you know, okay, you know, draw your own conclusions. I mean, like, it's, it, it's, it's, it's black and white, clear as the nose on your face, as they say. So, you know, wind it down a little bit here, but you know, you don't have to just uh, just focus on the, the Palestinian Authority themselves, their their official their 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 official government sources, the official government media for glorifying murderers, terrorists, 
killers of innocent Israelis, killers, killers of innocent Jews, of, of, of senior citizens, of children. You know, okay, they're here. You, you can give them the, you know, the past. The secu- oh, they're, they're under, they're, they, they've given up hope. They, they're, uh, they're in despair. They're living under the, under the iron, the iron fist of the occupation. Uh, they can't blah, 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 wah, wah, wah. You know, not, not true, but all right. But, but, but what about, what about this? What about this? My friends in America, you don't, you don't have to come all the way to Israel to find, to find these, these sick, perverted announcements. You, you've got it right there. You've got it. You've got it in your home, in your backyard. You've got, you've got Lena Allen. Yeah. She lives in Michigan. <laughs> Lena Allen, Palestinian Jordanian, they, they call her activist. You know, <laughs> she she uh, she she came out her, her YouTube video viral. She lives in Michigan. She published a video in which she she attempted to rebut the position of of people who prohibit the stabbing of Jews. By Palestinians. Remember, I mentioned. Or can you remember back then? I was talking about there was a, a handful of, of journalists. There was a handful of uh, of intellectuals that said, "No, nah, we should not. We, we, you should not be stabbing innocent civilians. You should not be stabbing innocent Jews." Well, this this American in Michigan, can, she was she was uh, appalled by this. She called on these people to not talk about something they don't understand. And, and she said, go back to watching Turkish soap operas instead. How, how dare you, she says. She added, she, get this, she added that objecting to the stabbing of Jews is like defending animal rights at best. What? <laughs> what? Huh? YouTube, viral video, and, uh, oh, 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 by the way, who, who is this? Who is this Lena Allen saying that, saying that, Calling that 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 people who prohibit stabbing of Jews is is at best like defending animal rights. She 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 co-founded the Jordanian Step and Mile NGO, and uh, in 2012, she represented the State Department's the United States State Department's Middle East Partnership Initiative in the in the Jamid Festival. In Jordan, according to an interview she gave to the Jordanian Royal TV. Now, representing the United States Department, United States State Department, 2012, wouldn't that wouldn't that be under the uh, the jurisdiction of a uh, of one Hillary Rodham Clinton? Wasn't she the Secretary of State? She had this Lena Allen defending defending lives of Jews like defending animal rights, representing the State Department. Under Hillary Clinton. Hmm. At least think about it, my friends. Don't be useful idiots. Don't be useful idiots supporting this anti-Israel, anti-Semite, kissing and hugging Sua Arafat. Hey, but do visit the website, martyrobertsblog.com. Click on the links, donate, support us, share, share, share. Please, let, let get the word out. And, uh... Until next time, Marty Roberts in Israel. Shalom, shalom. <laughs>